0: Listeners, you're listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Nightmare With Genius McGee and Greg D. I'm G.E. Guerrero from Lucha Gore Productions. Gore is love,
1: In and out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that was always creeped out by the old comic book ads featuring a family of sea monkeys. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're exchanging gifts made of tin as we delve into the mouth of March Madness and travel back 10 years to talk the horror classics from our 2012 Bracket. And whether or not you've poked a hole or two in your body, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your driving well sexy hole. (laughs) And if you're driving out on social media, uh, you can cruise along with us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and projector shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Monday, March 28th, Mm -hmm. if you head on over to ScreenLand.com, they're going to have your projector shenanigans taken care of indoors and virtually. And we are now recording these, not so far in the past where, where we know what's coming up we are aware of coming attractions yes we are and uh on that friday our latest friday night fright on april 1st mm-hmm. too bad you're crazy too bad you're loony as hell dude this movie is great uh we've we often talk about divisive films mm-hmm. that have come out here recently this i think was divisive back in 86 oh yeah oh yeah i saw it in the theater Ah, yeah, and I, I think it. well, and every time we've hosted it, Repertory Monday Mystery Movie Night, it still is divisive. Mm-hmm. So we hope to see you out on April first for April Fool's Day, mm-hmm.
0: and see a lot of uh, genre. You're gonna have your like what you say, the Rick Dalton moments. It's Amy Steele,
1: yeah, Clayton Roner, Biff, uh, Biff, all of those folks from your favorite films from the 1980s. In basic fun shenanigans. Slashery fun Slasher shenanigans. shenanigans, yeah. Uh-huh. I think you will have a good time with that. But then, that following Friday, on April, uh, excuse me, on April 8th, another film that I think we were both lucky enough to see in the theater. Uh-huh. We've actually hosted also some repertory screenings of it. Uh-huh. And to say... It's squiddly-diddly adjacent. Oh, I would... Yeah, because I guess it doesn't lay full on into it, but it's it's squidly diddly. It's body horror. It's James Gunn. It's got all of your favorite character actors. Uh It is the one and only Slither.
0: (laughs) What do you mean you don't have in Dr. Pepper? That's the only Coke I like. (laughs) Fucking
1: (laughs) Greg Henry, who we we watched recently in 1992 in um, uh, Raising Cain, right? And we saw in the uh, Just Before Dawn. Yes.
0: And he's always looked the same age. Yeah, he he came out (laughs) looking thirty five. I mean, seriously, he hit max level. But everybody, it shows James Gunn loves him some character actors. And when you just let him loose with the horror movie, like okay, I'm going to forgive the fact that he says he's never seen Night of the Demons. Okay, Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps. Okay, James Gunn. (laughs) Okay. But regardless, (laughs) you made a fun fucking movie. And it's funny to see, like, you know, oh, from the makers of Guardians of the Galaxy, let's see what else he has, right? I mean, just going to his trauma days. I mean, that's
1: amazing, the uh, journey he's been on fucking Rooker.
0: On the train over there.
1: And I've actually watched the uh, opening of that movie multiple times because when you have Henry... Peter miss with Kubrick, you know?
0: So I'm like, okay... uh, I know the theme like history of the world part one. And so now whenever I see that in those monoliths dun 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 I'm instinctively like not thinking that I'm like going, but I'm waiting to see
1: dun 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 right. So well I just remember the distinctly the first time watching it, I was probably in my late teens and I was trying to expand, you know, my mm-hmm. filmography being confounded thinking i was watching the wrong movie with the monkeys right but then the monolith shows up and then you get the with the music and then just it 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 the jupiter trip when that happened i'm like what the hell am i watching should i be on something will that make this movie better potentially
0: because see i think i tried to watch it with like too young because it came on pbs one day on tv and so i was like okay i was like and nine
1: and we grew up and with like, Star bah. Wars, Star Trek, you know, our stuff in space goes boom. Right. It doesn't contemplate.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Where well, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm waiting for Brave Star to show up and shit. I didn't get it at the time, so that's why I think I'm a little bit more apprehensive now.
1: I- I'll watch it with you. I'll okay. watch it with you. If cool. anything, then, so we can watch 2010, the sequel, because uh-huh. it's got John Lithgow. Ooh, progresso. in space. Mm-hmm. Now the other repertory screening that is going on, it's and I've seen that for me, um, is Priscilla, the Queen of the Desert. I fucking
0: love that movie. That movie is great. I saw that movie at the theater.
1: We had to go to the Tivoli to see it. Well, and to, to look at the cast, you've got Guy Pearce, Hugo Weaving, and friggin' Terrence Stamp. Right. You got fuck. I,
0: you got Agent uh, Agent Smith in the desert in drag with guy pierce it's pretty grand it is great it is a it is a very heartfelt movie and it's touching i love that movie fucking priscilla queen of the desert is rad as shit i used to rock out to the soundtrack too because the soundtrack is dope a lot of abba a lot of disco it was great
1: so you're saying i need to get the i need to put this on the i've seen that challenge yeah i think you'll dig it done and done then and Always looking to expand, still uh, to this day, looking to expand my you know filmography palette here. Now, of course, if you're not in the Kansas City area and you would like to support Screenland, uh, there are a variety of ways you can do that. You can go to ScreenlandOnline.com, where they do have a few movies that you can rent from them directly, or you can become a member of their film family by going to Patreon.com. Oh, excuse me, Patreon.com. We'll get to that later. Patreon.com slash Where they have a variety of tiers, and amongst the perks, we actually provide a little watch party Mm -hmm. that we call the Shutter Shoutout. Yes. And our latest one here in the month of March, it's going to be going on, it'll be, let's see here, March 26th. Now, -hmm. that being said, we haven't put the double feature together yet. It is still TBA. It is very much still TBA. We don't know if we're going to maybe look at some of the honorable mentions, if they're available um, mm-hmm. If you know, celebrate Women in Horror Month,
0: or if there's even a if bracket ones are on there,
1: a lot that we can look into. But mm-hmm. we will be watching and streaming two films off of Shutter but by by being a member of the Film Family. Uh, you're gonna have access to the customized content that we put together, which, as you like to say, it's the it's the
0: game, it's the home game.
1: Yeah, it's we've got a customized pre-show. Introduction by Genius and myself. We give you a little context and funny before the movies, mm-hmm. uh, trailer reels for each film, and of course, the post-film discussion afterwards. The infamous, where we process the movies that we just uh, experienced. There, mm-hmm. now, of course, all of that and more can be made available to you by heading to Patreon.com/screenland. But Genius, if we're talking uh, Patreon and film family, A bellies. We of course also have our own little weird film family that we're putting together at Patreon. And quick shout out, in this case the latest Friday night fright that we had was Amityville.
0: It's about time.
1: Now, that was your first time viewing, correct? Uh-huh. Thoughts?
0: <laughs> it was so fucking weird. <laughs> it was like time shenanigans things were going on. I'm like, "Oh, and, and then the baby."
1: Oh, the, the mulleted baby mm-hmm. the mac looking baby well shout out to film family members julie and chad for coming out there and also an apology to our film family members julie chad and everyone that was there because and i always like to you know strip away everything uh let's, let's see how the sausage is made we had some not technical difficulties but in the midst of our intro something happened and i had to be whisked away to try to deal with something and then i It kicked in my anxiety, so when I came back, I didn't really... Gave no proper context for the person that was actually trying to promote this movie. Didn't mention dog trauma. Yeah. Didn't warn of the the diddle mirror. The diddle mirror is insane. So, didn't give, like, proper... I, uh, just needless to say, I am I'm I so sorry. Re- everyone. I, no, I wasn't ready. I
0: was like, holy shit, what's going on here? And then the Diddlemere, and then Black Goo, and then like. The overacting of Dr. Larry. Oh, that the guy? Major overacting of it. He was just in another movie. I mean, he's just like Tarantino on speed, just going around, like, doing just crazy. <laughs> and then the, the overacting of um the main guy. Uh, oh,
1: the dad from Monster Squad? Yeah, the dad from Monster
0: Squad, Stephen Mock, just like. Hello, what do you mean you're taking out for dinner? Dinner is right here. Just being insane and crazy. That movie was over the
1: top. It was, and we had a good turnout, and it, everyone had fun. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. So thanks to everyone that came out for that. <laughs> so
0: the next one that's coming up, is, see, that's the thing. The trailers. The next one's coming up is May, mm-hmm. and I don't think that, that that trailer really gave the tone away from May, because this is going to be your first time, right? Mm-hmm. The, t- the tone of the trailer is like, May was just looking for love, right? And, like, and, to, and she just wanted to put all the pieces together it fits. Let's have, find out what happens. When she meets the right one In your Jeremy Sisto and shit It is not that at all It's a fucking Lucky McGee movie Through and through It is dour It is sad It is contemplative I dig it I said it's A24's Frankenstein, but that trailer, I'm hoping the people who came out and had a good time with Amityville are like, oh, this, this is nothing but fun times had to be had. I mean, we have fun. Oh, yeah. We, well, but it, it's
1: it, it look, the trailer looks deceiving. And all you need to know, if you do know the filmmaker Lucky McKee, you know you're not going to get a fun, jaunty <laughs> right? little... No, that's not <laughs> happening. It is the antithesis of that. Starring Angela Bettis and Jeremy Sisto. <laughs> Well, to offer our apologies, uh, we put out uh, our latest commentary, which actually celebrated last year's Into the Mouth of March Madness winner. Mm-hmm. So we went off th- off the moors, my friend, and talked an American werewolf in London. Uh-huh. <laughs> which, if anything... <laughs> my apologies for derailing and going on such wild tangents. <laughs> well, when you're backtrack backpacking across you know Europe, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but needless to say, I think we got Dr. Kolchak...
0: Dr. Kolchak, the doc, Dr. Kolchak Mysteries.
1: It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Now, to have access to that and so much more, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead, where we indeed have every tear from a swiddly diddly to another time,
0: another place.
1: Speaking of another time, another place, let's go back 10 years here, genius. Uh, we'll do a little real quick uh, doodly 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 do. Which we didn't when we were going like way back, way back. We're we're going back. We have to do it because
0: it seems like not quite yesterday, right. but not that long ago.
1: It doesn't seem that long ago, but that's the problem. Is ten years have passed since mm-hmm. these films were released, and and speaking cr- of releasing, it's weird. This would be the time normally normal brackets in past
0: years, two thousand twelve. Like I've seen every single fucking one right. in the theater, even with this year with the uh, two ninety. Um, 92 and 02. I'm like, fucking, I've seen every one of those in the fucking theater. This, i seen like two? Re-
1: really? really? Maybe. Yeah, let's see. One, two. Yeah, i only seen two in the theater. That's crazy. I would assumed more. And honestly, 2012, this is around the time that actually I started putting on movie nights at my house because of the bad experience I had during The Strangers mm-hmm. out and about. So I'm not shocked that... I saw none of these in the theater, and four are actually going to be first-time viewings for me, or were first-time viewings for me. Yeah. So, there was kind of a wealth of riches in this case, though.
0: There was two first-time viewings for me.
1: So, we can continue to expand yeah. our palettes. Yeah. As we do, and that's the beauty of Into the Mouth of March Madness. And
0: one I've been putting off.
1: I'm curious to see where you, where you ended up with that, because- I watched it for the first time last year, Uh-huh. and that's probably the reason why it's on here in terms of where we had everything set, set up here. Now, let's actually get to our first uh, matchup here in the year of 2012, and I think if anyone knows the show, they know we love horror comedies. Mm-hmm. We love, love anthologies. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Love us some anthologies. Anthologies are my jam. And when you get two of them in the year of 2012 you knew we were going to be talking them. Mm -hmm. So our first matchup and our first bracket topic, the topic is called Abstract Anthologies, and the matchup is between VHS and the ABCs of Death. Mm -hmm. Which one do we start with first there, Genius? Ooh, let's do ABCs of Death. Now, in 2012, this is before I was really on social media at that point, but... Uh I was on the internet. Oh, yes. I was on the website. You we were surfing the web. I was actually, this around this time, I was really big into uh, avclub.com. Mm-hmm. That was around their heydays when they had some incredible writers, incredible features, but they also very much had their fingers on the pulse of popular culture. And I knew of this anthology feature because I. the cool thing was they took you know every letter of the alphabet, they sent them out to a variety of filmmakers across the globe so this is very much a international a global anthology Mm -hmm. which is really cool but then the idea was make these like four to six minute segments built around your letter of the alphabet no limits no what anything goes
0: and everything went in this one
1: (laughs) so i saw this back in the day Uh uh-huh and i i remember enjoying it but i and much like this one i remember it not necessarily overstaying its welcome, but there's a, there's 26 letters to get through. And some of those letters
0: are harder to watch than others. There were some rough- And, and for, for multiple reasons, ways, Yeah. Multiple reasons.
1: And we're not prudes by any means. Oh, heavens
0: no. If this is your first episode, welcome. You know? <laughs> if this is not, then you know we're not prudes.
1: <laughs> now, was this one you also saw back in the day?
0: Yeah. I saw it on v- uh, DVD.
1: Okay. Okay. Because
0: I saw of the like ABCs of the Death, 26 directors, right? And I'm like, oh, I know of Ty West, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know of uh, Angela Bettis, mm-hmm. you know, I know of some of these cats, you know, and like I'm interested to see those works. Plus, I like uh, international horror, you know, I like expanding my palace and seeing what's out there and what's cool.
1: So it's got everything that you would be checking off at this point, right? In terms of something you would normally assume you would enjoy. Mm-hmm. So that being said, mm-hmm. now that we revisited it, mm-hmm. how did it hit you this time? Not well. Really? I mean, like really? I still
0: enjoyed it, but at the same time, one, that one where that lady goes around squishing on kitty cats, that lost me. Okay? And,
1: baggage you bring back right. in the day you would have probably maybe a guffawed a little not a guffaw, but a
0: now she gets no comeuppance now there's a whole episode bill yeah i know she's struggling and she needs to like feed her family but fucking don't squish kitty cats you know what i'm saying kitty cats kitty cats didn't do nothing to you right so that was one that whole like uh um, the Timo the, the one mm-hmm. Where it starts off with a masturbation contest, and then it ends up with, like, child pornography and fucking shit like that. And I'm like, oh, God. t right? Exactly. I was like, dude, you can't be doing this. You need to be having, instead of jerking off, you need to be, like, jerking people's arms off and shit. Fucking your Timo. kicks Kick some ass. Not pound it. Right? And so, like...
1: I'd like to think he did listen to you because I will say his segment in VHS 2 yes might be one of the greatest segments in all of horror Absolutely. anthologies. Absolutely,
0: fucking that movie, that one is great. That one when the subtitles are on. But, but he had
1: <laughs> this one, I, he had to crawl before he could run right. with that particular segment. There
0: were some other cool ones like the one where... Um, there was some cool ones like the one that's kind of like half cartoon, half human. The, yes. That, that one was a standout one for me. Uh, the opening scene where she just kills that dude in bed but you realize it's because like it's better than the alternative A for Apocalypse I'm like okay that's a great way to open there was some definite some standout ones but there was some ones that I was just like what the fuck and there was like none of them were Levity there was one and it was only until W and that was the Simon Barrett one Mm -hmm. where they gotta shoot a duck and they wind up killing each other that's the only one that was really like (laughs) and then I'm like well we're almost at the fucking end we're at W now God damn it, you you guys. know, how come he couldn't be ever funny? You know? So like, <laughs> so, and that's the thing. So I, I, out of the 26, maybe like, uh, eight were like, that was fucking cool. That was great. Right. Uh, maybe 12 were like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I don't mind them. And then, then there's a more sliding scale from down there. There was somewhere I'm like, I don't even know if I want to watch this anymore. And that's the cool thing about anthologies. Yes. Even yeah. if you don't like something, wait a few minutes and you'll get something else. So that's why I was like sticking it out. Because like, I think like F S was for Squish was the one with the, if that would have stopped, I would have stopped right there and I would have not got to the funny one. So I don't know. I, I I'm I enjoy it. But I don't think this is for everybody. Oh, no, it is not. This is not something normies can enjoy.
1: This is not, if we went like anthology 101. Yeah.
0: This is advanced studies. This is way advanced studies. This is like you're getting your doctorate.
1: And 20, I mean, we, uh, we and often ask, long, yeah, how many long. segments entries makes a good anthology? Some say Creepshow is the best one with like four or five in that range. But. technically 26 is a lot it is a lot
0: and you lose a lot in translation
1: and well to to me i do not a lot
0: but on some things
1: well and i think that's that's what's cool just in terms of being uncomfortable and granted like you said a lot of these segments will make you uncomfortable for a variety of reasons but then sometimes there's that's why we like international horror Mm -hmm. because there are those moments where you're like wait is that a cultural thing is that just something that's you know we're misinterpreting but
0: like the um, suicidal feudal Japan guy when all of a sudden like brrr, turned into cartoons he's making faces and shit and there was somewhere I was just like what the fuck is happening in this one
1: which so, makes sense though but again we challenge ourselves expand I mean, I the palette I enjoyed palettes. it I enjoyed it wasn't a waste of time by any means No, it, and
0: I don't want to seem like I'm shitting on it but there was somewhere I was just like oof Ooh. so
1: and coming from Fairly seasoned horror anthology fans. Well, from the ABCs of death to another three-letter acronym here, we have VHS and another one that I didn't see in the theater but caught on DVD Mm -hmm. at the time, but another one that I remember hearing a lot about. Yes. Because this one has uh, the, I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing, but it is a found footage anthology film. Mm -hmm. Now, right off the bat, found footage uh, you know, it's on shaky ground with us where we appreciate it but it's not something i know you and i really enjoy right and the same
0: thing i heard a lot of buzz about it and again oh i've heard of that director and that i've heard of that producer and i heard of that writer that sounds cool and but then I was like, okay, it was found footage, eh, you know what? Uh, I'll wait till I can rent it, you know, because I'm like, I don't want to, especially because I, I was just like uh, hesitant because we carry again the baggage we bring. We carry that that stigma of found footage. And I'm like, eh, guy, it, it almost makes it the bar for me to enjoy it a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. But this one, I really did enjoy. I thought it was innovative and cool, and I liked like different weird stories that it told from the cool perspective somewhere i was like oh, okay like the whole traveling um back and forth one where it's like creeping in the hotel room right mm-hmm. the whole reveal of that the at the end i was like right <laughs> but the whole like i like you i liked it a lot mm-hmm. and like one not a deal breaker and two that was crazy, and they got whatever they got coming to them.
1: Good comeuppance, right? So let's start with the on this one really quickly, kind of the wraparound, mm-hmm. which is the de- literally the delivery device. I thought it was cool.
0: Yeah. I thought it was very cool. Like you're looking for a haunted tape, or so you're looking for like a one tape. But also, I'm glad they got their comeuppance too, because yeah. they were fucking assholes, and you wanted to see them get got. Well, again, it opens up with like scenes of destruction and violence, and you're and like terrible shit. And you're like. Wait. What the fuck am I
1: watching? And if anything, if you know, 2002 taught us anything, be wary of cursed VHS tapes. Right. You know, be it Samara coming out of the thing, or in this case, I. And what's cool? Number one is the the wraparound was uh, sh- uh, written directed by Simon Barrett and Adam Wingard. Mm-hmm. So we've got some connective tissue there between the ABCs of death. I think they did Q for quack. Quack, that's quack, like... yeah. With the duck, which is still it's really good. Um But the first one and the the what the, the standout one for me was the the first segment and that one was called Amateur Night. Uh huh. Uh directed by David Bruckner, and he is the one that did the Nighthouse and is also responsible for the upcoming Hellraiser film. Oh, the one that I like you. That one? Mm hmm. That was cool. I like oh, that one. And what did you say already? Not a deal breaker. Really? Really? Yeah, not a deal breaker. Oh, uh, okay. That's fair. That's I fair. would be cool with, like, I mean,
0: I don't want to be attacked and killed by a succubus, but, like, there's worse ways to go. <laughs>
1: so, so, you're saying this would be not a deal breaker if that is how you are indeed shuffling off this mortal coil? Right. Okay. That's fair. Right. That's fair. So, so, the
0: succubus is like. I but, like, you'll be like, I really? like you too. You know? So, <laughs> although, you know, uh, at the end, I'm like, wow. We'll
1: see. The reveal, I love I the it reveal. Cool. It's yeah. perfect. And like you said, the comeuppance for just dudes. Douchery. Yes. Yeah. that's Douchery. Douchery.
0: I like the haunted house one where they're like, oh, this is a party. And they stumble upon an exorcism. I thought the hand effects were sweet. The hand
1: effects were incredible. And that's uh, Radio Silence, mm-hmm. the, the guys that gave us uh, Ready or Not and Five Cream. Yeah. So we've got really the seeds of some of our favorite genre filmmakers at this point kind of getting a chance to, I don't want to say getting a start, but in essence kind of kicking off what is technically a franchise because mm-hmm. there's four entries in the VHS series at this point. And it, I think I love the idea of just giving these up-and-coming filmmakers little segments, see what you can do, be creative, and if it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, move on to the next segment. yeah. Which I, which I dig, which I dig. Now, obviously, we like... Oh, and oh. they
0: both spawn franchises.
1: Oh, yeah, and VHS2, I think, is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Viral. Eh, viral's all right. I heard That's,
0: 94 is really good.
1: I like 94. Uh, Timo's segment is batshit crazy. Yeah. Uh, there's a moment Simon Barrett's segment actually creeped me out because it actually had to deal with, like, storms. Mm-hmm. And then there's, uh, of course, Hal Ratman. Which is a meme that you see out on the the, the internet at this point, it's worth your time. Cool. It's worth your time. Check, it, check out. it out. Check it out. So other thoughts, final thoughts on both of these there, Genius? Uh I heard an ABC's three, ABCs of Death 3 is coming out. Good Lord. That's a lot. Yeah,
0: that's a lot. 26 more. They, they already have kind of like an ABC's of death 2.5, with like 12 more, I think. Wow. wow. Yeah. It's impressive? Yeah.
1: Okay. Well. Obviously, we enjoy, like, maybe even love both of these films, but only one can advance into the next round, so we're going to be dealing with two bits of criteria here. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to be thinking both with the heart and with the head, so the first topic we're going to ask is, which of the two films is closer to your heart? Closer to your heart! Yeah, that I like. (laughs) Variance, my friend. And Genius, which of the two?
0: I'm going to have to say uh, <laughs> VHS went down smoother, this rewatch, you know, it, I, I'm not to say that I didn't enjoy ABCs of death. I was kind of on the fence in it because like, OK, some are good, some are bad, some I dig, some I don't. Right. Kitty one man fucked with me. After that, I was like, man, that's some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? She didn't get any comeuppance. She has a happy ending and she killed a bunch of cats fuck you and so kind of it just kind of tainted the the rest of the alphabet for me until q is for quack
1: so like <laughs> that that i totally that that's the heartstrings my friend yeah that's the very essence of it that makes sense but man so i'm gonna go for heart and it's gonna be vhs I'm also going to go with VHS on this one. And the reason being is because, and this is horrible, but at that time, like I said, I was all over those websites. And I'm thinking like back in 2012, it may have been like badassdigest.com, which eventually became Birth, Movies, Death. There were some of my favorite websites, favorite again, favorite writers, putting out articles. And I remember reading a lot about VHS. And so because of that simple little thing, my vote goes to VHS as well. Now, from the heart to the head, we're looking at the top bracket topic, and the topic is abstract anthologies. Mm-hmm. So again, however we decide to interpret that, what are you going to go with on your side there, Genius? Begrudgingly
0: ABCs of death, because <clears throat> as much as this cool, um, unique spin on anthologies is by setting it all on found footage mm-hmm. you know and the whole wraparound. It's still your basic formula for a anthology. Wraparound segments, segment one, segment two, kind of interweaving somehow due to the um wraparound story. Mm-hmm. Fucking you don't have that in ABCs of Death, right? Plus some of the letters they do is just abstract. Not abstract letters, but some of the mythology and the message behind you. You're like, what the fuck? What, what, what does that mean? So for that, I'm going to go, again, uh, v- ABCs of Death on That's my vote.
1: No, and initially I was going to actually go the exact same way because I thought if you look at the actual ter- term of abstraction, it is to you know deviate. Mm-hmm. And ABCs of Death deviates more from the standard traditional anthology setup. But I'm going to give my vote to VHS because in terms of abstraction – and I uh, abstraction again, um, getting further and further. Also, I can interpret that as like isolation mm-hmm. in a way. And I don't think you could try to isolate anyone more than just making an entire anthology of found footage because of how divisive it is, right. and it's not something that everyone loves. Now, I know that's a weird interpretation, it's but... It's
0: very abstract, but at the same time, that's fitting with the with the bracket.
1: And, and that just works. Now, that means by a vote of three to one, fast-forwarding its way into the round of the Scream 16 is VHS, which, uh, my apologies to the 26 filmmakers out there and ABCs of death, but hey, don't mess with kitties. Don't mess with kitties. I hope
0: you've learned your lesson, ABCs of death.
1: <laughs> now, from two films that uh, I I had... Was uh, had experience with to two films that were first time watches for me. Our next bracket topic, and he, <laughs> we like to give away stuff at Friday Night Frights, mm-hmm. and I believe our whole phrases were a fan of uh, Dead Media. That is correct, and therefore. The Friday Night Frights has found its way into the mouth of March Madness, and our next bracket topic is...
0: Dead Media.
1: <laughs> and the two films battling for the Dead Media title here are, again, two first-time watches for me. Uh, we've got Sinister going up against Paranormal Activity 4. Mm-hmm. Which one do we talk first there?
0: Since we were just talking about found footage, let's stay on that train and go Paranormal Activity 4. Uh, first-timer for me.
1: First-timer for you as well. Yes. First-timer for me. And in fact, the, I think at this point we've only done one paranormal activity in Into the Mouth of March Madness.
0: No, for some reason I've seen two. Have we one, done two? two? I've seen, out of there's five now, I think, four in a remake, five in a remake, some shit like that. I think I've seen three out of those because of March Madness. Because of Madness? That yeah. means
1: that means then I have also seen part one, two, and now four, Uh huh. thanks to Into the Mouth of March Madness. And a lot of it is primarily due to... Not, again, not necessarily my aversion to found footage, but the hype involved with the Paranormal Activity films. But if you go back, I had a really good first-time viewing experience of Paranormal Activity because the baggage I brought at the time was being by myself for the first time in a long time. Now, at this point... Doors opening and shit. Hearing stuff downstairs. Mm -hmm. Also at that time, too, Lola was in her, her elderly years, so if anything actually came out, I'd be by myself. She couldn't do a thing. Now, I have Charlie by my side. Rough. <laughs> I don't necessarily fear Rough. anything. I fear for their <laughs> right? safety, whether it is a invader, a specter, a ghost. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and so, I'm not as scared per se with some of that now. And truth be told, I didn't watch this on my big screen. I literally did watch it via a laptop. Well, you're
0: getting meta with it, aren't you?
1: I well, I figure it would maybe make it work a little bit better. Did it? And I. I actually liked it. Yeah, I really did, and I had the Rick Dalton moment. And I was like, "Where do I know our lead actress from?" Mm-hmm. She played Millie in Freaky. She was the main girl. Nice. Which I thought she looked familiar, she, and no, that fam- so that familiarity went a long way with me. And I don't know if there was the awkwardness of the kid when he goes up and he g- he goes to shake the guy's hand, and everyone's freaking out about it. That fucking kid. That fucking kid, man. So, and I know. I don't want to say you have an aversion to creepy kids, but kids in general, you know?
0: See, okay, so here's the thing about Paranormal Activity 4. It was kind of boring to me, you know? Because, I mean, I'm like, put the phone down and get the fuck out of the house. Who the fuck are you calling and why aren't you reviewing these tapes? You know, you see some weird shit. Dad, why don't you believe me? Look at this. You know what I'm saying? That was just like, I'm like stupid teens doing stupid shit. You know, Uh, shaking my old, shaking my fist at the clouds. You know, get off my lawn with the creepy ass kid. Uh, Although that the reverse connect thing. Looked fucking cool and it really made it good effects when there was like critters and or ghostly people walking around. Although it said previously on Paranormal Activity 2, right? And it shows like the lady kidnapping the kid and being all ghostly and shit. And then like, I wonder what's happening. We're being haunted. Let's solve the mystery. Who's the new neighbor? Oh, it's that same fucking lady. And this is halfway through the movie. And so I'm just like, okay. We know there's some ghostly shenanigans. It's paranormal activity. Right. But it seems like the big reveal, the prestige moment was already. The cat was literally let out of the bag. And so, like, I was just like, all right, cool. The kid's weird. He's going to get possessed. Okay. You're Hunter. Am I Hunter?
1: Yes.
0: Okay, cool. I'm going with this lady. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, although the knife falling down from the, uh, the ceiling mm-hmm. did kind of give me a gut. Woo. i liked that although i was just waiting just waiting for it to cleave the mom yeah. that's what i thought it was gonna do yeah and then when it didn't i was like oh and i kind of wanted a little bit more not saying i want a lot more guts and gore but at the same time it's like you is this a bg-13 well movie? and that's What's going
1: on here that's just it we're four films in now with the same concept the same story the same kind of narrative flow so i'm shocked i did enjoy it because i i wasn't necessarily bored as i was kind of exploring the film like because every time the little textured screen would come up you're looking all over for it oh
0: yeah i was definitely doing that
1: but at the same time i'm like then you're just i need but you needed you wanted something though yeah i'm
0: like come on give it to me let's see come on nothing saying i'm impatient or i'm like but again I already have that found footage baggage, And if you don't sure. deliver the goods, especially because like, I don't even want to say I don't like found footage because I can't even say that anymore. I've seen a lot of really good fucking found footage movies that I truly do enjoy. So I can't say that, oh, I don't like found footage, but I am now leery of it. Sure. You know, especially movies like Paranormal Activity. And I know for damn sure I'm not going to go pay for it in the theaters. You know what I'm saying? Because I know that I'm only going to be like, you know, so.
1: This is probably made for a wider audience. That is uh, the younger kids' gateway, with the, almost with, with with the TikToks. Yes. Well, <laughs> ten years ago at this point, it's our. It's still a little da- dated, it's, potentially. It's, it's still the Instagrams. Now, I, I actually I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. I mean, it, it was good. It, don't, don't get didn't, me wrong; it didn't waste
0: my time. But at the same time, I was like, Argh.
1: you what? You needed a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That's totally understood. That's totally understood. Well, let me ask you this: Did Sinister give you a little bit more? I like seeing <laughs> it. <laughs> I saw that in the theater. Did you see that in the theater? I saw
0: Bagul in the theater, and like for some reason, what? I don't know why, but I came out of the theater and it, for some reason, he had Tim Gunn's voice. yeah, just go ahead and kill those kids. make it work. make it work. It's fine. just just take just don't worry, just throw that noose around and just hang hang the whole family. You can do this. You can do this, right? And so, like. I don't know why, but ever since then, like, every time Bagul's like, hey, I'm in the picture. Jeez. You You know? So, like, I don't know. Enhanced?
1: Yeah, absolutely. that's good. Because Ethan Hawke is dope. Well, and this is, so this is, we saw the sequel Mm -hmm. at uh, Atumwa a few years ago. I like the sequel, too. I liked it. First time viewing it. This is, again, a first time viewing for me as well. So, I like kind of backtracking into it, but it was definitely, and I've seen that because, I. Probably could have BS'd my way through most of it, but... Oh, yeah, Ethan Hawke finds some snuff films. (laughs) Well, but at the same time, which movie? (laughs) (laughs) I only have two hands here, genius. I don't know if I can count all that high. Well, this is what I like, the fact that he's uh, established a good working relationship with Scott Derrickson. Mm -hmm. Because we're going to be possibly talking about him i would assume here in the month of june when black phone releases and <laughs> we're doing a little naked gun gag there with a the thing in the background um his his sweater game was super strong in this movie yeah it was. which He's i dug almost almost on
0: par with uh mr rogers with, he can't topple the king though but he did he was rocking them cardigans
1: well as a as a true crime horror writer that's kind of your game right that's what you do Absolutely. And to me, if they remake this now, he's going to be a true crime podcaster. Uh-huh. And it'll and ruin then, everything. Well, and boy, do things get ruined in this movie. Quickly. I So I knew a lot of it. Um, seen the 16 millimeter shots. The snuff films? Oh, my God. Fucking
0: haunting, dude. Fucking <laughs> that <laughs> was crazy. or.
1: They were they, they bothered me. like They were jarring because they yes, were mean. Yes. They were
0: violent and they seemed real. Yes. And the fact you put it on that 16 millimeter with that... Brr-ba-boom, 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 that haunting, oh my like God. driving soundtrack. Yeah. The, the Chaining people into a car and setting it on fire. Mowing people down Mow- with the lawnmower. Mowing
1: them down. Yeah. Like, literally mowing them.
0: Back and forth. Like, a few times. A whole family. Dr- that, like, one-by-one one drowning. Oh, God. The, I mean, just... Ki- mm. It was mean. It opens up with a goddamn snuff film. The, the, the whole hanging. family hanging. Oh, my God. The Let's hanging. Let's make it work. It's, you know? So, like... It, <laughs> this movie is this movie is hardcore.
1: Now, I'm sorry. Now the Tim Gunn is really hitting me now. <laughs> and I can just see him with the, all the kids in the main area. Right. One of them's got, like, you know, working on the little contraption to the hanging. And see, that's,
0: I like that idea. That's I like good. where your mind is going with that. You're thinking outside the box. That's fantastic. Keep, keep keep it up.
1: It's probably a good thing I didn't watch this with you then. Because I'm not saying that would have taken me out of my enjoyment of Bagool, But I, I didn't find him with the Tim Gunn aspect. So when he would show up, especially in the pool... That was creepy.
0: That when you finally see him now, I was looking for him to see if he shows up before it. Sure, eh, not really, but like if you look hard enough, like in the tree behind it, it's it's really sinister, and oh, hence the name. I was gonna, but the bad thing is with the name like sinister, I think it gets lost in the shuffle with sinister, insidious, The Conjuring.
1: I before a few years ago when we did Insidious. Um, that was my first time viewing Mm -hmm. and I was, I was confused and we talked about it then. It's still true now around that time. There were just, it was the style of the time. It was the onion Onion of of the the belt. belt. Yeah, no, but, um, I like how they went with it because a couple things. Number one, it did kind of subvert my expectation when they move away. And, mm-hmm. and you're like,
0: okay, cool, they're being smart, they're getting the fuck out of there. But uh 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 yeah. n- not not so fast, guys. No, no, There's more there's well, more work to do.
1: Also, much like in uh with uh, Insidious, it's the kid. Yeah. You know, it's follows them, so not with the house. This, would this qualify as Killer Kid movie? Oh god yeah.
0: God yeah. Beca- even though this is like that's the reveal that it's the kids. I
1: love that reveal. Oh yeah, spoilers, guys. Oh come on now. Ten it's ten years, years yeah. yeah. Uh it's but also this movie ends so dourly. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I was does. I was not expecting that. I just assumed with Sinister Two that it was just a different family and the that Ethan Hawke and his, they were cool, but no, nope. no. And now I've got to go back and rewatch Sinister Two. Do they talk about the family in that one? And I just wasn't listening.
0: I don't remember. That's I don't the, remember I gotta go it watch either. I, okay. I'm hoping next to Tumbo if I don't bust my
1: other elbow that like I can pick up a copy of Sinister Two. Yeah, so I I legitimately like this veering into love. I'm going to revisit it it's again. It's Really
0: good. A lot of people discredit like the the first Conjuring, the first Insidious, the first Sinister. I really enjoy all of them. You know, I thought that that was cool. It, and yes, it is the onion on the belt, but at the same time. That doesn't disqualify it as a good horror movie. Sinister's properly creepy. Sinister's very properly
1: creepy. So let's go ahead and put them uh, head-to-head here in combat. Uh, Genius McGee, which of the two films, Sinister or Paranormal Activity 4, is closer to your heart?
0: I saw Bagul in the theater. He's got Tim Gunn's voice.
1: So (laughs) I'm going to give it to a Sinister. That works. Now... Uh, This one's a little tough for me, because both were first-time viewings, and I'm not going to lie, as much as I liked seeing um, uh, Ethan Hawke and his his mean old sweaters, seeing Millie from Freaky really got me excited, and I think that's actually what made me get through and enjoy my whole thing of Paranormal Activity 4, so closer to the heart, I'm actually going to go with Paranormal Activity 4, strangely enough. Now, from the heart to the head, our topic is dead media. And again, a variety of ways that we can interpret that. So I'm anxious Mm -hmm. to see. Genius, what's your spin on this one?
0: Oh dude, you have snuff films on (laughs) on eight millimeter film. You can't get more dead media than that, no matter how you wanna take it. You wanna take it literal? Okay, cool. Who the fuck uses eight millimeter films anymore? You wanna take it figuratively? Fucking cool. Fucking it's a snuff film. It's a family of snuff films. There's a series. It's the timeline series oh no. <laughs> of snuff films. Instead of read the book, watch, watch the film. <laughs>
1: That's and horrible. just and
0: every month we'll send you one more copy of a family being brutally slaughtered. Just ask our spokesperson. Yeah, every month we'll just send you something fantastic. You can make it work every day. <laughs> You can't get more fucking little than dead media than fucking sinister.
1: That is showing your work, my friend. That is showing your work. Now, I kind of was thinking the same thing because with Paranormal Activity 4, in terms of dead media, whatever they were filming on and the ideas with technology, the second it's released, it's already outdated. Mm-hmm. So you could interpret whatever they were filming through their cameras, the laptops, the phones. It's probably outdated at this point. Doesn't necessarily make it dead, though. Maybe just irrelevant. Right. But as you said, we've got actual film that is being shown, <laughs> that is tangible. Dead people on this dead media. It is truest to the word. I am also going to go with Sinister. And by a vote of three to one, uh, in this case, projecting its way into the round of the Scream 16 is Sinister. Mm-hmm. He made it work. <laughs> I don't know why,
0: because I wasn't even a big Patrick Wendry fan at the time. You know, it's just like, you know, it just, it just,
1: it's Tim Gunn. He, it's someone that's mentoring young minds and just, you know, making them you stronger. Know, yes. Their fullest potential to before he eats them. So. <laughs> and him carrying her. Oh, good Lord. Gah. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now. Our next bracket topic, and we don't want to be too chauvinistic when we're talking about this, and we tried a variety of ways to come up with phrasing, bracket topic, or whatever, but we thought we'd go basic here. Our next bracket topic is lovelily, lovely and lethal. Mm-hmm. And our matchup, really looking forward to this one, because this is where I think the conversations are going to come from. We've got the Soska Sisters, American Mary, going up against Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem, which one do we start with first? Let's do
0: American Mary. American Mary now. Which is weird because Catherine Isabel's is Canadian. The Suskas are Canadian. It's filmed in Canada, but it's American Mary.
1: <laughs> Was Canadian Mary already taken? I
0: don't know. Maybe maybe Canadian, Canadian Mary. Canadian Carrie. Maybe Canadian Mary's the slang for something terrible in Saskatchewan. You know what I'm saying? If you better one wouldn't we go around back and you give me one of those Canadian Marys, either. You know,
1: I thought there was a, like an off menu item at like a Tim Tim Hortons. <laughs>
0: Tim Hortons Canadian Mary. It's a good way to start the morning with a Canadian Mary. It's a cruller and um, <laughs> it's like Irish coffee uh, or maple maple. It's a maple cruller and a coffee served it's chocolate mousse.
1: That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. I I'd, I'd buy hungry. that. I'm hungry. I'd buy that. I'm hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go back early on, We did an episode on the main feed of American Mary within our first 10 episodes, I Mm -hmm. think. I mean, this was the nascent days of Nightmare. I think I was married at that point. So a lot of time has actually come between, because that's really probably the last time I watched the film. Yeah. So it's been a while since I've revisited this one. And going back into it, probably the biggest surprise for me was actually, not necessarily Catherine Isabel, because she's very measured throughout this film she's mm-hmm. not necessarily being bombastic or anything that is tristan risk and her performance oh my god is beatrice
0: she eats the scenery she she's is so wonderful in this movie
1: there's a moment where she's dancing in the background and she goes out oh, yeah. hey and it's little things like and that And then she goes back to like just gyrating sure. sexually th- that endears me to them and and a character like that, and what's really interesting is, you know, how this kind of takes a look at the body modification community. Mm-hmm. and
0: Extreme body modification community. Oh, yeah.
1: No, I you know had my tongue pierced. I had a few holes here and there. Uh, the joke was, like, if the wind hit me right, I'd whistle. <laughs> but nothing. Nothing like this. To that extreme. No, 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 no. <laughs> But the idea that Mary is very much this new wave surgeon, this one that's allowing people to empower them, to do these things to their bodies especially if it's a consensual thing
0: like underground mob doctor yes plastic surgeon to the underworld
1: and that's how we get i almost forgot that's how everything kicks off mm-hmm. like i was shocked that she wasn't in a veterinarian place you know because that's usually where you get the shady doctors exactly you know um, or,
0: or like the one the corner office in like an old strip mall you know. or, <laughs> uh, or in like an actual office building like the, the 40s where you have to go like mr wick like your time's up just shoot me right here boom I'm
1: done uh, should be noted assault rape warning with this film mm-hmm. because it is also technically a rape revenge film. Yes. It falls into several categories.
0: And extreme gore too. Body horror. You know, some of the after effects, like with the twins with themselves. Oh yeah. And the whole like the surgery scene where she's like <gasps> just throwing the just slopping the 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 extra bits and pieces. There's just a like, cutting
1: pfft. of an areola mm-hmm. that is tough to watch. And I again we're not necessarily squeamish, but there are certain things. Winston Ducey. Yes.
0: So there's a lot of trigger warnings. If you have like yeah, surgery warning, is. if you have like r- r- assault warning, so you have been warned. Yeah. We would definitely want to do that. But again, it's a good really well-shot movie.
1: It's beautifully shot. And yeah. that's the one thing that stuck to me then and stuck to me now just in terms of how good it looks. The fact that they're doing a nice uh dead ringers homage when she's got the red scrubs on Mm -hmm. really like that And of course Canadian yeah that that would that would make sense uh but also there was a line in the movie that really stood out to me and it was when the bouncer was talking to her and he's like that scene
0: oh where they're talking about milkshakes and talking about like you know yeah where he's like don't discredit yourself
1: yeah I really like that yeah and again I'm not a body modifier by any man the tattoos and everything that's just you know capricious youth but, you know, giving that community a voice and giving them a chance to be, I don't want to say normalized, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're all human beings. They just got a particular quirk and doesn't make them any different, just makes them unique. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I really enjoyed at this also. But then this it's also this is also a sad ending as it well. Is. It's
0: a bummer because I was about to say, and everybody who deserved to get their comeuppance got their comeuppance. Except. <laughs> right. You know, because I wanted to see the further adventures of Mary.
1: And she made, and and the imagery, the iconic, I mean, that's, people cosplay to this day. Yeah. I mean, we've seen plenty of it, which is, it's it's good, it works. Because
0: she's dark and sinister and and beautiful at the same time. She's Catherine fucking Isabel.
1: Catherine Isabel. Yeah. From Ginger Snaps, Ginger Snaps 2, uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, what's that show,
0: The Academy?
1: Bones. Bones. She's all over genre. And she, I just remember, she, uh, yes, she is aesthetically pleasing, uh, but she's really good. But in she's this a, movie. yeah, she is really good. And, I, and, and again,
0: again, all those doctors and everybody who deserved to get got got got, oh. and the fact that she uh, uh, was smart enough to like not get the cop. Mm-hmm. She's like, no oh, way, okay, mm-hmm. cool, 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 mm-hmm. cool. But then again, at the end, you are like, Wah. and even Beatrice gets her come up. And I, see, know. You're like, and I know, and I go, that that killed
1: me. Ah, that's okay. It was it was actually a welcome. Rewatch mm-hmm. this time. No, I had a good time with it. I had a good time. Uh, other thoughts on American Mary?
0: Um, no, I think that's about it.
1: Okay. So, from one that we had both watched, been familiar with, mm-hmm. to one that was a first time watch for me last year. Uh-huh. So, and this is my second time.
0: And a first time watch for me this year.
1: And it's because of primarily, this is the one that you said that you've been putting off.
0: I've been putting it off for so long because it's fucking Rob Zombie. And I don't, I'm more of a, I'm not a hater, I'm an appreciator but I can appreciate from afar. Mm -hmm. So you've been I give his movies a chance, you know, but I'm not going to shit on him until I've seen him, right? I will give. I'll still say to the the first 10 minutes of uh, House of a Thousand Corpses is a goddamn masterpiece, but I'm not the biggest Rob Zombie fan. So when I heard like it's weird and it's really like Rob Zombie and like this, this it's really Rob Zombie. Right. And That's... I'm like, ah, so uh, and so when we, it was our chance to see it, I'm like, let's do it on the break because I've heard nothing but good things. Mm-hmm. So I put it off to like late last night. I mean, I stayed up late last night to watch this I'm like fine. I'll watch Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem. I fucking dug it. I dug it a lot. Actually was not expecting it to be so full of naked old people. It almost felt like with the time, especially cause I was watching it late and I'm watching a bunch of naked old people. It felt like Rob Zombie's real sex. <laughs> so like, I'm like, Oh man, what's going on here? Cause it just opens up with like the, the coven from the oven and they're all just like getting naked. It's not the the... Dark Lord. I'm Meg Foster, and I'm 86. Look at my naked body, and I'm like,
1: holy shit! Now, isn't is she not the girl, the 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 celebrity that I'm not saying you made out with? No, remember CrypticCon? Oh yeah, oh yeah, we locked lips. We
0: locked lips with Meg Foster.
1: It was. I don't want to say it was awkward. It was alarming when she did that and laid that on you. Adorable. Now, you no I,
0: I had a big beam on my face.
1: Because <laughs> I go, can't help it. It was fucking the McFoster. Did you have any like flashbacks when you saw all that on screen?
0: A Little bit. A little bit of regret <laughs> of like that it didn't lead to other things. So like I'm like, hey Meg Foster, what's up? Right, but at the same time, like <sighs> it was just I was not expecting one. I have to give Sherry Moon Zombie props. She did amazing in this movie. I I've always like, oh man, she's a one note actress. She's just baby because it seems like in every fucking thing she is, she's baby. But this, yeah, she was great. The side characters were amusing. It didn't. If it was Rob Zombie, it is Rob Zombieist. I think Rob Zombie is hiding something. Because this wasn't Hellbilly. Mm -mm, You know, this wasn't Hellbilly at all. This wasn't like, I'm on a gouge out your eyes and skull fuck you. It wasn't White Trash Michael Myers. It wasn't any of that. This was sublime and subdued it was methodical it was creepy it felt like 824 rob zombie if i would, was gonna nerd knowledge this movie like we had three trailers to put it together mm-hmm. i definitely wouldn't put house of a thousand corpses on there no. i would do something like um oh fuck, i had it it was uh one was gonna be uh it was the sentinel mm-hmm. one was suspiria And another one was um, House of the Devil. There you go. So all those three together, I was really shocked how much I enjoyed this movie. Now, I'm not saying it was... Without its faults, what the fuck was up with that weird ass baby with the squiddly diddly thing going on and she's over there like it's fucking ping pong controllers, right? And so I'm like, what's going on? Is that supposed to be sexy? I don't get it, right? And then finally, like at everything was going on the brrrr. and I was just waiting for it, like, we're Lords of Salem. Good night everybody, right? Cuz they came out with the stage show. We are the children who grew too fast, right? Some waiting for some and then those the demons were mudmen and I was like, "Come on, Rob Zombie. Fucking Scooby Doo mudmen. They look like they came out of the the set of things." Come on, man. But at the same time, there was a lot of enjoyable shit in there. I was like, "Hey, look, it's Sid Hague and uh, Michael Berryman as like fucking witchfinder generals henchman shit."
1: You've got this is another one where you're going to have those Rick Dalton moments between uh, Magenta.
0: Yeah. Oh, she was Patricia gonna, let, Quinn.
1: Let me read your palm, darling. You know, D. Wallace. In as, this one, as like
0: the happy, also like seducing. Oh, hey, she was so like bright and chipper. She was like fucking bubbles from uh, the Powerpuff Girls. as They were a coven.
1: Uh, anytime she shows up, I'm I'm all into that. Yeah. Um, between that Ken Foray, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's driving just,
0: while sexy. It's,
1: it's with it's, the bad wig. Goddamn that, that wig! That wig was
0: awful, and they made that note was, about it too. <laughs> I, I liked I liked this movie. I was. Confounded a few times, and like I think it dragged on a long time. I think if you shaved off 15 minutes here and there, it would have served everything a lot better. I did not appreciate the uh hallway full of rats,
1: yeah. Definitely a deal breaker for you definitely on that, definitely
0: a deal breaker. But I thought Sherry Moon Zombie did great.
1: And I do want to mention the the uh the elephant in the room with Sherry Moon Zombie and her alignment with a lot of the stuff that was going on in Canada. Yeah, it's a shame she might turns out she might be a garbage person, but. But we can separate this—the art from the artist. She is really good in this mm-hmm. particular film. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, other thoughts on Lords of Salem, there, genius?
0: Um, <laughs> I'm just glad that in Rob Zombie's Real Sex, all the pineapples weren't rotten. Ooh.
1: So we had thoughts on both of these films, but only one can make it into the next round. So, Genius McGee, between American Mary and Lords of Salem, which of the two is closer to your heart?
0: American Mary. I saw that when it first came out on video. I was actually pretty hyped from it because, again, I heard about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I saw it and I was not disappointed. Plus, there's also a the little bit of nostalgia factor that, you know, it's one of the first episodes that we have did. So I've always I dug it back then. I dug it now. I'm going to go American Mary.
1: I also am looking at that particular nostalgia of the fact that this is something we talked about way 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 back in the day Mm -hmm. when we were still really figuring out what the 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 podcast was what the show was how are we gonna do things i think finding our voice i think we're still doing like creepy pasta stuff yeah we were like i mean if that tells you how long ago it was (laughs) so truly another time another place and that is getting my vote for closer to the heart now from the heart to the head the bracket topic is lovely and lethal. Mm-hmm. Again, a variety of ways that we can interpret that. How are you going to interpret that one there, genius?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with Lords of Salem because uh, while Catherine Isabel is extremely lovely and she's extremely devious and lethal, as we've seen, um, she only kills the people who've wronged her, right? The end of what, Lords of Salem, besides the what the fuck just happened type thing or what's going on, she just killed a whole bunch of naked people right there. Boom, 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 boom. She didn't care who, and that's all their whole point. you know. So she's more lethal. Mary's lethal with the purpose. Uh, LaRocque, I mm-hmm. guess, was, is just lethal because she's just a witch now to fucking kill everybody. So my vote is for Lords of Salem.
1: That is fair. That is fair. And I am looking at the, the word lovely and the idea of maybe being lovelorn but the idea of love being in there. So I'm not talking like aesthetically lovely looking. I'm talking about where is love a motivating factor. And with Mary, I think there is a motivation there of love or care Mm -hmm. for that community, again, the people that don't necessarily have a voice or a way to do that. As you said, Lords of Salem, it's just motivated by revenge. There is not a lot of love there. So in terms of both of them being lethal, but only one truly is lovely, and that is my vote going with American Mary. And by a count of three to one, hacking her way into the next round is American Mary. Wow. I bet that's
0: kind of like an upsetting choice because I don't think enough people have seen. I know that the people there's significantly more people who have seen Lords of Salem than they've seen American Mary. I think American Mary still live un, under a lot of people's radar. Yeah. And I hope it'll boost here. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying that, you know. Yeah. Oh, everybody's going to see it now because we're talking about it. But at the same time, if somebody is like, you know what? I've never seen it. These guys say it's good. Let's let's see, check it out. And they wind up digging it. You know, hey, absolutely. Cool. And if you don't, let us know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> check it yeah, off. Your you're list. Right. Let us
0: know. If you see American American for the first time and you think we're full of shit or you think we're spot on, just hit us up.
1: And you're right both ways. Exactly. Now, we've talked about. Oh, I'm excited. We love anthologies. We've devoted many an episode to anthology. And if you go back to some of our early episodes, maybe even an American Mary episode, mm-hmm. we probably made reference to the fact that we always talk about doing an episode for Gateway Horror. Yeah. Films to get kids into the horror movies, uh, the horror world and this and that. So our final uh matchup and bracket topic here, this is a good one.
0: <laughs> Bootang Killer Bees for the children. <laughs>
1: Can't wait to figure out how to decipher that. But both of these films are for the children, as Wu-Tang is. And we've got Frankenweenie going up against Paranorman. Mm -hmm. Which one do we start with first there, Genius?
0: You know what? Since These are both the first time that you've seen them. You choose.
1: First time viewings for me on both of these. And if you go back last year, I watched Monster House for the first time. It's rad, isn't it? Freaking wonderful. fucking rad. Holy smokes. Was not prepared for how much fun it was how i could see seeing it as a kid would be wonderful but as an adult it was wonderful mm-hmm. so those are kind of how i'm looking at both of these movies cuz they came heavily recommended yeah
0: cuz like, we this bumped a whole other topic this we, as we yeah. talked about on the show and so i'm really excited to hear because first timer so, and, and i was like yes you cuz i've been like hyping. saying these movies are you, worth your
1: time let's go with paranorman all right and yes right off the bat the scene With the friend, with the hockey mask, and he calls, and he's got the ding, 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 ding. You can tell everyone involved with this movie loved horror growing up. Absolutely. They loved being the kid that was, well, not necessarily maybe loved it, but you could tell maybe they were paranormal. Mm -hmm. They were the ones that were the outcasts that could maybe see dead people that were watching zombie movies they were that kid and it's kind of a celebration of it because who saves the day in the end the weird kid the weird kid yeah and actually kind of both of these films are celebration of the weird, the kid. weird kids yeah which is appropriate um i i had fun with this one um the zombie aspect was great the turn that it takes just in terms of helping the zombies mm-hmm. and then the ultimate big bad being technically kind of a in this case
0: Kind of very, very uh the ring. Yeah, is
1: mm-hmm. is some a little girl that had been wronged, but was also very nasty and yeah. yeah, which it worked and it was. I, I I'm not saying I saw the twist coming, but I was like, wouldn't it be nice if like maybe these zombies are just misunderstood and which adds to the whole thing of kind of having a sympathy for the weirdos, mm-hmm. like with like Rob Zombie, Guillermo del Toro, you know. They the love monsters. the monsters, yeah.
0: yeah. And the real monsters are humans. Because at the end, it's the town that's trying to kill everybody.
1: And in the true zombie fashion, they're always the periphery. It's the humans that are. Mm-hmm. So if you're, like, wanting to get kids into a zombie film, man, this is such a good movie to get them into because they're setting up all those tropes that exist. But at the same time, though, they're just also throwing in peppering in those references throughout. Like I so said, the Halloween one was just, it just made me giggle. Because, mm-hmm. of course, that kid's going to have the Halloween green tone why wouldn't he you know he's probably got phantasm on there he's got creep show yeah the, the full line and
0: and it's funny cuz when they're <laughs> when they're doing the school play and they're over there saying must be the season uh, of the, the witch. witch and they're all bad and off-tune and enthusiastic
1: about it <laughs> voice casting in this that's that was the fun with both of these films is trying to figure out who those voices were mm-hmm. and the dad in this one was familiar because we just saw him on Studio Six Six Six. Was Jeff Garland? Jeff Garland. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Leslie Mann? Leslie Mann? Mm-hmm. And oh, freaking uh, John it, Goodman! Uh, John Goodman, yes, is the oh god that guy. And then uh, you had McLovin. Uh, yeah, and oh my god, I uh, I like in Anna Kendrick. Anna, mm-hmm, you you can mm-hmm. <laughs> best left off off mic there, my friend. We don't <laughs> want to put you on a special list. But I had those moments where. And this one also, I was actually watching kind of background um, on my laptop. and But I kept going, oh, I need to go over here. And who is that? Oh, there's that. Rem-. I had fun with it. Like yeah. legit, I legitimately enjoyed it. It's a fun movie. It is. It is. Uh, I know Stuart Ward, a uh, film family member, says it's regular rotation in his house.
0: It's fucking rad. It's a great little zombie film, too, where it just flips the script on everything. And like it's not overtly adult humor it's just the kind of humor that's um funny to adults and to kids yeah it's that kind of split humor but I dig it a lot and I wish I could have saw it in the theater this one was a a home video screening and I remember when they released it I think they released it in 3D um that would have been a cool thing to see because some of the visuals and some of the effects in Paranorman are fucking rad as shit. The whole um, <clears throat> witch scene when the witch is coming out of the, the clouds and she's getting all pissed off and there's multiple faces in there, I thought that was a, a very slick scene. Um, the zombies rising from the grave, that was a cool one too. There was a lot of really, really dope animation. and I Again, I wish I could have saw it in the theater in 3D. That would have been slick. Yeah, I
1: actually thought you had saw that one in the theater. I saw
0: Frankenweenie. Oh. I think I I didn't I don't remember seeing Paranorman, but I do remember seeing it later cuz I heard it was cool.
1: Yeah. No, it 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 definitely was cool. I really dug it. I really dug it. Now, the other one was also a first-time watch for me, and I also really love the difference in animation mm-hmm. between these two, uh, and also going from full full color to cool colors to classic black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: it's going from 80s zombies to Universal Monsters. Yes.
1: And I, uh, and I actually, I assumed this was a Henry Selleck film. I didn't realize until the when we were getting everything together that it was a Tim Burton flick. Tim Burton himself, yeah. And it's Tim Burton through and through. Yeah. And from the vocal talent um, to the references that we saw to, from I mean, everything from like Godzilla, kaiju movies, to- Creature
0: features, <laughs> to um, mummy movies, to werewolf movies- and a lot of Frankenstein.
1: A lot of Frankenstein. Saw a little bit of an American werewolf in London with Mr. Whisker's transformation.
0: Village of the Damned with Mr. Whisker's owner. <laughs> he made poop. It's a bad omen. <laughs> uh,
1: this one actually got me in the feels more me than paranormal.
0: Oh, my gosh. And you know what? Here's the thing. I remember in the theater, I was watching it in the theater, and when then, like, The thing happened, and we hear how sad, and then at the end, it's like, oh, it's a Disney movie. Mm -hmm. I remember, like, yeah, that's that's a bummer, but, you know, now... I'm sitting watching that, and like Sparky, and I'm like, no! At the funeral, I'm trying not to cry, and like I'm like, oh god! And Then at the end, like oh no, Sparky! I'm like oh god! Right? And they it,
1: they let that last moment hang. Yeah, it did in the air. Yeah, it did. They're begging. And
0: they're it, just they're just adding fuel to that oh, fire. God. Fucking Disney knows what the fuck it's doing. Pulls at that hard strings. I'm really surprised this wasn't as big
1: as a hit, bigger hit than it was. I, and I, maybe it's because it's, people see it as a kid's flick, but to me, this is another one that works for the kids and works for the adults. Um, it's funny, but the, it's not, it's not overtly funny. It's subtly funny. Well, and there's also with this one, I there were moments where I was like, oh my God, if I was a kid, I would be scared shitless because I, I don't know if it's going to the scurriest scary, but the little sea monkeys... When they transform and they come out.
0: Right? Like the grim, like gremlins. Oh, my out God. Of the pool.
1: And they immediately, like, like one pops up out of the screen from the bottom. And I was like, oh. I saw that in 3D. That felt like, like oh,
0: shit. Right? It was, it was well, like, that's cool. And the
1: best use of popcorn since, like, Real Genius in terms of dispatching them, mm-hmm. I dug. But to see the transformations of all the little pets into the, the Gamera Beast. Yeah, I thought um, that was
0: great. But I also loved how all the students were caricatures of old classics like, tropes. Mm -hmm. Like, you had the one like, the Peter Laurie Igor was like, I know what you did, and you're gonna help me win the science (laughs) fair, right? And then you had the one that was super Boris Karloff from the Mummy. I shall bring back Colossus, and he shall destroy the world. Right? It it was great.
1: All the way to the poodle getting the little Bride of Frankenstein Mm -hmm. thing. So many
0: homages. And I think a lot of things that might go over some kids heads, but those who think it's funny and those who dig it i think would have a wealth of riches ahead of them right and especially those cool kids who do get those references or adults who get those references then it's like holy shit that's funny
1: yeah well both of the films are definite love letters to those specific genres Mm -hmm. and that's what's going to make it tough then to decide which of the two films is going to go into the next round other thoughts on frank and weenie there
0: i really enjoyed it this almost comes down to feels versus fun
1: Oh, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Well, let's start. Uh, Which of the two films is closer to your heart there, Genius McGee? Frankenweenie or Paranorman?
0: I'm going to go Frankenweenie. As much as I dig Paranorman, I really do remember seeing this in the theater it took shorty we got ah, the 3d go. glasses because i saw in 3d and i was excited I'm like one a tim burton movie two it's franken weenie right you know that sounds neat you know i wasn't expecting like you know <laughs> super monster dong it was an advent calendar but at the same time i saw the short film before the one that the live action one with shelly duvall yes from like mid eighties. Yeah. yeah. So I've seen it before on, on the vid- on video tape, so I was like, oh, cool. cool. I wanna see how they translated to the movie. Plus yeah. like that's sounds neat. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. So as much as I love Paranorman for Closer to the Heart, I gotta go Frank and Weenie.
1: I am also gonna go with Frank and Weenie with Closer to the Heart. And my main thing is this movie made me miss. It made me long. Not necessarily for, for Lola, believe it or not, but my childhood dog Alvin uh, who was this Dalmatian mutt mix his his hair was coarse he was not pleasant to, to pet. He would bathe in the sewage in the yard next to us so he was he was always smelling he ran wild so he was constantly being hit by cars. this he was the toughest dog, but he followed me everywhere. Uh, he'd walk up to school with me occasionally he'd try to walk into the school with me. He was your poppins oh he he was oh he was my buddy and just seeing the interaction between them two and the relationship and what you would do for that dog and when I lost Alvin, oh, I would have I would have tried to bring yeah. him back. So closer to the heart for me that one definitely Frank and Weenie. Now from the heart to the head, our bracket topic. Bootang, it's for the children. I don't even know one know. i I'm curious. Where are you gonna go with this one, there, genius? I'm gonna go with
0: paranorman on this one mm-hmm. because it's it's scary cuz it's dealing with witches and zombies and shit but i think it's more accessible for younger kids i'm not saying that it's a younger kids movie or a little kids movie but i think like hey you want to see a cool movie about like uh, animated zombies Cool, because little <laughs> kids now have there's like Gigi Sal Guerrero is in Super Baby Monsters or some shit yep. and yep. like since it's for little kids. Right. And so, like, I think they're going to be more apt to be like, cool, um, zombies, witches. I'm really familiar with those. Mm-hmm. I think some of the references and some of the characters, while the kids, some kids will really enjoy it. I think Frank and is more nuanced. Mm-hmm. You know, as for more respect for the significantly older movies. that, And it's even in yeah. black and white. Well, yeah, and how many art. kids are really like, black and white? Blah. You know? So I think more for the children is, is going to be for Paranorman.
1: Now, the way I'm interpreting this is some of our favorite elements in horror is the ideas it can it can uh, entertain but also educate. Mm-hmm. Um and these are both horror adjacent films they're going to get hopefully ideally kids into horror and you know why not start them out with something that can entertain and educate and what's more educating than dealing with death with mortality something we all have to go through and many many parents will have a child bring a pet into their life so they can teach them about the cycles of life and death. And that's very adult, but it's also very kids. And that's something horror does, and it can educate and entertain. And because Frankenweenie is all about dealing with death, and sometimes it's time to say goodbye. Yeah. You know, even if you don't want to. You know, we unfortunately aren't going to be able to bring all of our sparkies back, so we've got to deal with that. And I think Frankenweenie helps deal with that. And because it is educating and entertaining, for me, that's for the children. Yes. So by a vote of three to one... Making its way, crawling its way, creating life in the round of the Scream 16 is Frankenweenie. Nice. So. That
0: was a good battle.
1: I mean, those
0: because those were both enjoyable, enjoyable animated movies.
1: I loved both of them. Yeah. But the pet aspect is going to always win me over. I
0: ain't even going to lie. I was thinking, like, you know what? I got Owen over there. But then I was like, that's going to be some Pet Cemetery shit. Dead is battle. You know, dead is better. But for a brief second there, I was like, you know what? If that shit really would, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I would do that. But then again, we would have invisible goldfish and we would have it's in there. You can feel it. Put your finger in there. Don't fuck with me, man. Right. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so matchups for Friday's episode in the round of the Scream 16. We have a VHS. Going up against Sinister. Mm-hmm. And then we have American Mary.
0: Versus Frankenweenie. Wow. What? Wow.
1: <laughs> wow. What, a lot what, of crossover with those crowds.
0: What, what a, what a, from body modification to fucking stop motion animation. It
1: works. Body yeah. animation. Body If we had a bracket topic, there that would go. be it. Now We'd Cronenberg it. <laughs> we do have uh, several guests line up for Friday's episode haven't recorded yet so i'm not going to make a mention of who they are but in this case one's a returner and one's going to be a first timer Woo! so until uh, friday's episode this is greg d i'm
0: genius mcgee
1: and we'll see you in your dreams